Hi, I'm Emma, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. It's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. I hope these episodes bring you more insight into how your mind works and what actions you can take to improve your mental health. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. Now let's jump into today's skill. Does trying to relax or meditate make you anxious? Like, isn't it supposed to make you feel calm? So I recently got this email asking about this common problem. The person said, hi, I've just been trying out your relaxation techniques on the grounding course, which I'm finding extremely useful. But during progressive muscle relaxation, I started crying and my immediate reaction is to stop relaxing so that I stop crying. Do you have any suggestions about how to best tackle this? Okay, so this got me thinking, so I, so I ran a poll on my channel and 61% of people said that trying to relax or meditate made them feel anxious, guilty, or panicky. So like, what the heck is going on here? In this video, we're gonna troubleshoot what it might be making you feel anxious when you try to relax. And full disclosure, as soon as I started addressing this topic, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need this video. <laughs> Hey, real quick, um, if you've been wanting to pick up one of my courses where you can learn a bunch more in-depth skills, then um, now might be a good time because all of my courses are 35% off, but this is the last week of our mental health awareness sale. And we only run these sales a couple times a year. So now's a great time to pick up a course. We have a bunch of courses on intrusive thoughts and worry, on how to process your emotions, on grounding skills, and journaling for mental health, on managing grief, and um, you know, stop how to stop being a people pleaser, all those things. So if you've been waiting or wanting or thinking about getting one of these courses, now's a great time to do it. And um, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, the link's in the description. Back to the video. Okay, so relaxation-induced anxiety happens for around 15% of the population, but it's much more common for people with depression or anxiety. The exercises that are supposed to make you feel better, like meditation, mindfulness, and self-care, like actually make you feel worse. So what's going on, right? I can think of a handful of reasons why this might be the case. And the first reason is trauma. So in response to trauma, like emotional abuse, right, our nervous system activates the fight, flight, freeze response. Stress hormones flood our body and our muscles tense. We're braced for action to defend ourselves or to like run away. But if we're safe like right now, if we're just listening to a progressive muscle relaxation exercise, why would we still be having a trauma response? Now, sometimes when we have chronic unresolved trauma, old trauma responses get stored as a habitual tension in our bodies, right? And essentially this is a defense mechanism. It protects us from harm. It's like keeping our guard up all the time. And with all of these defense mechanisms, relaxing can actually open us up to feeling very vulnerable and exposed. It like feels unsafe to let down our walls. So if we look at the three states of the nervous system from a polyvagal theory, the safety state, is also about connection. And that can feel really vulnerable. It's the, 
then the next state, the activated state, is where people often dwell. They just get stuck in this chronic hypervigilance, this on-guard state. And that makes relaxing feel exposed and vulnerable, especially if you grew up in a home where connecting with people wasn't emotionally safe. You're basically protecting yourself against external threats. And, and this is closely connected to the next reason, where you're guarding against internal threats. So reason number two is, it's possible you're a highly sensitive person and you basically needed to carry anxiety and worry as a protective shield against big emotions that may come up like disappointment or regret or hurt. Because you feel every emotion so intensely, you subconsciously carry worry around as a protective armor. It's like, you'll hear this a lot. You'll hear people say this, I'd rather expect the worst and be pleasantly surprised than expect the best and be disappointed. This is called the contrast avoidance model because you fear a sharp spike in uncomfortable emotions. You prefer to worry and maintain a low level of negative mood rather than being happy and relaxed and risk feeling really sad. Because worry serves to protect you from feeling, trying to relax and let go of this worry is really vulnerable. You're being asked to take off your armor and that can feel really scary or uncomfortable. It also can allow feelings that you've been suppressing to surface, right? Contrast avoidance, which is avoiding letting yourself feel like big positive emotions and big negative emotions is really closely related to major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. So, okay, so if that's the case, what do you do? Like, obviously, of course, I recommend working with an individual provider and asking your therapist what they think, but one way forward may be to just create some time and space to work through these feelings, to just get really curious about these feelings you have when you try to relax, and just take time to allow yourself to get shaky and cry. You can also like journal about it and explore and see what comes, right? These feelings that you've been suppressing or these feelings you've been avoiding might have a message for you. And if you listen to them, they might resolve. But at the very least, you can like create space for them instead of avoiding them. I'm gonna talk about some more solutions as we, as we go, but that's kind of the main approach is like, if you've been suppressing emotions, you've gotta let yourself feel them if you wanna redevelop your range of emotions. And if you wanna learn more about this, I do have a video um, titled, Why Anxiety and Depression Are Linked. And it talks about how we avoid those big feelings and that leaves us feeling pretty miserable. Okay, reason number three, relaxing makes you feel guilty and never good enough. My grandma literally had a book titled, I Feel Guilty When I Relax. But it's true, she did, and so did my mom, and so did I, right? I, th I think this can be caused by a couple of things. One is that our Western society really emphasizes and highlights and praises these goal-driven, highly individualistic overachievers and says like, this is the ideal person, right? This sends the message that taking time to relax is lazy and selfish. But when we grow up in this culture, we grow up completely immersed in our culture. These beliefs are often subconscious, so we don't even realize why we feel anxious or guilty when we relax. And then also, if you grow up in a home where there's these unwritten rules that you're supposed to constantly assume what everyone around you needs, and you're supposed to constantly like walk on eggshells and bend yourself into a pretzel to accommodate others, like sitting down and relaxing can feel like you're sinning, right? And Underneath all of that people-pleasing is the belief that you're never good enough. So you keep trying to be like good enough 
and then you feel like you should just constantly be doing something. And if you aren't constantly doing something, that you're a bad person. And then that leads, you know, feeling like you're never good enough can lead to the fight, flight, freeze response because you fear that you're going to be rejected from your family or your tribe or by God for not working all the time. You feel unsafe and you try to create a sense of safety by just running about and keeping busy all the time. So how's that working for you, <laughs> right? Running around doesn't make you feel safe. It makes you think that you need to keep running to feel safe. And that can be kind of addictive, right? So this is really closely related to a scarcity mindset where you believe that there's never enough time, there's never enough money, there's never enough opportunities. The house is never clean enough. You've never worked hard enough as a parent. This scarcity mindset might fuel like this constant surge of stress chemicals and the fear that if you relax, like something bad might happen. So if this is the case, what do you do about it? Like first, just clarify, like what are you actually afraid of? And write that down, right? Is it true? Challenge it, right? Is it true that you have to be busy all the time? Is it helpful? Is it making the home that you wanna live in? Like clarify what you really do want and then visualize what would it feel like if you accepted yourself as you are? Like write about that. Um, Kristen Neff also has some great exercises on this. And one thing sometimes I do is just imagine God's grace and love flowing over me and, and covering up any of my inadequacies. In addition to these visualization exercises, you can also use your behaviors to retrain your mind. So if you do the opposite of what you have been doing, if you intentionally stop rushing about, you intentionally go slowly and methodically, and you're still safe, like you're still good enough, no one rejects you, right? your mind can rewire to learn that you can be safe without running about being busy all the time. Okay, I've got a few more reasons I'm gonna throw out here. Number four is you're meditating wrong, right? Some people think that the goal of meditation or relaxation is to force your mind to go blank or to force your body to relax. And both of these approaches can backfire. So instead, learn to practice the principle of non-striving and observing. Get better at watching your thoughts and feelings and be curious about them instead of trying to like force them to change. Now, mindfulness is a skill, it's an exercise, it's not a quick fix. Um, you can watch a couple of my videos on, on willingness to learn more about making space for your feelings. Okay, reason number five that relaxation might make you feel anxious is being busy is comfortable for you. Your nervous system prefers a familiar hell to an unfamiliar heaven. So when you're accustomed to feeling anxious and busy and activated all the time, you may literally feel so uncomfortable if you're in the parasympathetic state of your nervous system, right? Sometimes we just get so used to being tense or anxious or tight that relaxing feels foreign to us. So the way to reverse this is to just practice more, right? Creating space for that unfamiliar feeling of relaxation, be willing to feel uncomfortable while you practice this, and then eventually it's gonna get more and more comfortable for you to be relaxed. Okay, I'm just gonna touch on two other reasons why relaxing might make you anxious. So number six is you've been avoiding dealing with a problem. You've been constantly distracting yourself from solving a problem at home or work. Like let's say you've got credit card debt and every time you sit down to meditate, you start worrying about it. 
it might be a sign that you need to, instead of sitting down to meditate, you need to sit down and look at your bank account and make a budget and cut up your credit cards. It may be a sign that you need to just take some action on some problem. And reason number seven is executive function, right? Some people's brains, especially those with ADHD, have a much harder time than the average person directing their attention to slow activities like relaxation or mindfulness. And this can improve with practice or meditation or just accepting your own neurodiversity. Okay, so there's seven reasons why relaxing might make you anxious and what to do about it, right? Trauma and hypervigilance, so make space for those feelings and working through them. Uh, number two, you carry worry like armor, so get better at feeling, practice willingness. Um, number three, you subconsciously believe that your worth depends on your busyness, and in that case, clarify your values and practice self-compassion. Um, the number four is you're meditating wrong, so learn to observe instead of trying to force it. Number five, it's a habit. You're just not used to feeling relaxed. You can practice that skill. Number six, you're avoiding something that should be solved instead. Number seven, executive function. You can practice and you can consider um, treating or accepting your neurodiversity. So I hope this helps you get better at feeling. This is a really common problem that a lot of people have, myself included. And you know, I hope we can all just keep practicing and show ourselves some grace in the process. Okay, hope this is helpful. Thank you for watching and take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.